0: Calling on a festive budget? Hmm, we have tips and tricks to make your bucks go further.
1: Welcome to Easy
0: Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money
2: and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. So for the next couple of minutes, I'll be rewinding back on the Easy Does It podcast, Your Cool Guide. To investing. My name is DJ at large and thank you so much for pressing play. With more than 80 episodes, over 200,000 downloads with listeners across 150 countries, topping podcast charts on Apple Music and Spotify, the Easy Does It podcast continues to grow, stripping away all the jargon and complication that is associated with investing, while encouraging those that are itching to start their journey. We have debunked myths. We have uh, made investing easy and fun for the ordinary person. From hosting CEOs, investment professionals, entrepreneurs to finlit influencers, we have hosted them all and 2022 has been an amazing year. So these are some of my favorite moments and guests from this year as we wrap up the year.
0: Easy does it. Your cool guide to investing.
2: So I had an opportunity to host and hang out with the man, the myth, the legend, Bruce Whitfield, an award-winning financial journalist and massive media personality to talk about his book and his money. So we're going to begin with a random money question. We like to play games, take things very easy on the podcast. I'm curious to know, Bruce, if your investment portfolio could speak, what would it say about you? It would say, help! <laughs> <laughs> so, But what you've got to realize, and what's so interesting is, I, I have been speaking and dealing with billionaires for 25 years, and you know the one thing that does not happen in those conversations is a transfer of wealth. Money doesn't transfer, and ideas transfer, but unfortunately very few people are capable of making a huge amount of money. Um, and those people are very kind with their ideas, they're very kind with their strategies they share their wisdom but my goodness me the one difference between them and me is they're much better at doing than i am so as a journalist as a guy who goes around picking the brains of others i'm afraid i have got a very lonely investment portfolio it is out in the desert of despair um and so yes if it could speak it would say excuse me (laughs) pay some attention here please he even tried to do my love. <laughs> We're into part two of our <laughs> chat Thanks. with Bruce Whitfield. Listen to him trying to copy my <laughs> love. <laughs> <laughs> We even took things all the way to Namibia on the podcast with Timbi Katanga, a financial wellness coach and personal finance writer. She guided us on how to build a diversified portfolio. Experts keep bringing it up. Like, why is it so important to have then this diversified portfolio? Uh, and maybe let's relate it a little bit closer to, to to shares and digital assets like crypto and so forth.
3: It's important, obviously, for the risk mitigating aspect of it. But the way these assets perform is very different. Okay. So, um, and it's very random. So, we don't know what is going to happen in terms of, you know, specific shares and crypto and even property. So, the best thing to do is to hedge your bets Mm. and um, invest in assets whose performance does not correlate. And by this, I mean, if one asset is going down, the other asset in your portfolio should be going up. Mm. So there must be a negative correlation. If there's a positive correlation, it means they're all moving in the same direction. So if if there's a stock market crash, everything in your portfolio, if you just have stocks, for example, is going to go down, right? Mm. But now if you have a mix in terms of stocks and bonds and cash, everything is going to is perform differently. So... For example, if you have stocks and bonds, they perform very differently during, say, a market crash. So bonds, yes, they're considered to be much more safer and considered um, less risky. So um, a a portfolio that includes bonds and stocks would perform very differently from a portfolio that just has
2: stocks. Believe it or not, things even got bloody and spooky on the podcast when the finance ghost went head-to-head with Mo Nose doing some analysis on US stocks to consider adding to your portfolio. Jeez, those jabs are coming fast already.
4: (laughs) because i gave you all my great stock picks so now i have to win this round because i know you're going to win every stock pick because we did not know that this was actually uh sort of me versus mo we just thought this was oh we each think of four stocks we like so anyway i'm i'm just trying to win early so i can lose later on it's hard to punch at a ghost you know God Can't can't land the
2: punch Hey hey. so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to know um how did you guys meet and how did the magic markets podcast come about
4: Let me tell you about Mo when I met Mo. I'm gonna answer this question Mo, sorry. Mo was like the GQ best dressed man, classic sort of Sanson hustler, suit and tie. The Wolf of Maud Street, right? (laughs) You were, you were the, the Wolf of Maud Street, literally. I mean, that's an inside joke we have
2: we even got inspired by 19 year old twins who have become investors on easy equities the Stubbs twins proved that you are indeed never too old or too young to get started yeah but thank you guys so much for being so honest and open about <laughs> some of the mistakes and successes when it comes to investing uh, i want to get into your guys's money story and i'm intrigued by your guys's age you know what encouraged you guys to start investing and how did you guys discover um easy equity Should I start with you, Justin. Uh,
5: so we were 12 years old, Jeez. and yeah, it was crazy. We used to play cricket. Uh, we loved it a lot, and we played for. We managed to make a district team for mm. Johannesburg, and Easy Equities actually sponsored our team. So oh, okay, yeah, so we it was really cool. We all got like these Easy Equities shirts, and we had our numbers and our names on the back with the sponsorship in the front. Uh, so that's how we found out about Easy. Yeah, so at that time, I bought my first purple shares when I was 12 years old. I don't know how much I bought. I, I think it was about like 500 Rand, but it turned into quite a bit. <laughs> cause wow. that, yeah.
2: And, and in terms of the encouragement yeah. to actually start that journey, Connor, where, where did
5: that come from? So our single mom, she struggled to pay the bills and I don't think, they don't want to see their mom going through that. It's a lot of pain to watch. Uh, but it's not just our mom. I think the vast majority of the population mm-hmm. um, in South Africa. So people struggle to save. I think if you can save every month, if you live in South Africa and you can save every month or at least once a quarter, I think you can consider yourself a bit privileged. Um, So I really, and my brother too, we didn't want to like fall into that trap of not being able to save every month, not being able to save every quarter or invest. And more importantly, we actually wanted to to be able to own something. So we read a book, uh, everyone's heard about it. It Sometimes it's looked down on, sometimes not. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. But the number one lesson that we learned was, you know, just buy assets and you want to have, you want to own assets. And the easiest and best way to do that was easy equities. So here we are 2020, things get about a bit worse for a lot of people, not just our mom. And we like, okay, we need to take our own fate into our own hands. So we start getting really aggressively into investing. We start investing, saving every single month. So
2: I think that's really where it came from. Vicki Angelopoulos, also featured on the podcast this year, a South African mom raising her daughters to become financially savvy rock stars. She wanted to encourage other parents to start having the money conversation with their little ones. In terms of your upbringing and, and the role that your dad has played, which is absolutely beautiful, has that had an impact on how you now want to raise your kids when it comes to money?
1: Definitely. I always discuss needs and wants with my children. I tell them that you need to work to get money and then find ways to get money to work for you. I take my kids to the shops and consciously demonstrate my buying decisions. I make them aware of price comparisons between the private labels of the (laughs) retailer versus the manufacturer's brands of different products. We look at specials and compare them online to see if it's cheaper elsewhere. I look at whether it's cheaper to buy in bulk. And obviously my children see me use my loyalty cards every time and take my reusable bags to the store to save money i enjoy talking to my children about companies i own in my investment portfolio in an age-appropriate way for example we'll be walking through a shopping center and i showed them that pepco owns ackermans refinery tacky town incredible connection they really enjoy hearing about the different companies and who owns whom
2: Tandon Jovu, Sven Meyer, and Warren Ingram even shared their secret ingredients to cooking up a great portfolio.
0: I think most of us started at a point where we're just like, wow, I'm not making progress with with my finances. Like, what am I working for? And that's really where I kind of started because um, when I like graduated from university, um, as it's so hard in South Africa to get a job and everything, I struggled. And then once I got that job, I realized that like, I was still struggling like I still like didn't have a job because I would be broke by like like the mid like mid month and that just wasn't like the way I wanted to live life so that's when I started doing research like okay like how do people manage their money what does it mean to like manage your money and actually make progress build wealth for me at that point it was just like I just wanted to be stable and not be broke before like my next paycheck and I went down a bit of a rabbit hole like learning about personal finance and I came across the fire movement that's really where like everything kind of fell into place for me because sure like the personal finance education stuff was was good and i was learning a lot from it but it wasn't giving me like the motivation or the inspiration to say okay this is what i'm going to be aiming for this is why i'm doing this outside of just stability and when i found out about the fire movement which i think for a lot of people they might not know it um, fire sense for financial independence, retire early. I kind of found my passion there, you know, like it gave me a reason to do what I was doing, gave me a reason to want to increase my income, want to live below my means, want to invest in things like that. After I found that I started implementing a lot of the principles in my own life and I started making progress within my own life, obviously making mistakes um along the way. But what I was realizing is that I was kind of learning all of the stuff and like trying it out in isolation, in a sense, because I didn't have people around me that were interested in money or interested in talking about investing and saving and budgeting and all of that stuff.
2: And I think a great place to start, Sven, is how would you describe your investment strategy?
3: I'm a long-term ETF investor. Like I said, I'm. some people say I'm boring. Um, I don't go in and analyze stocks for hours on end. I buy stocks that I like, I buy markets that I like whether that's the S&P 500, which is the 500 biggest companies in the United States, or, yeah, the top 40 company, companies in South Africa. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm an ETF investor. Um, and just buy and hold.
2: Warren, what would you say are, you know, the key ingredients to cooking up a great
4: global portfolio? So things that our investors need to consider. You've got to stick to your area of competence. You can't be a pretender when it comes to investing and, and look at how everyone else is doing it and then say, if everyone else is doing flavor of the month investing, now they're they're buying Robinhood, uh, GameStop, or Dogecoin, or whatever the deal is, like w- whatever the new kind of fad is. If you don't understand that market and you don't understand the, the underlying intrinsic value of that investment, don't copy people that are, are happen to be making money in it. Because either they know a lot more than you about that investment, or they're lucky and so one of the things that bothers me with investing is we, we, we tend to kind of follow the herd you know so if the herd is all running you know off a cliff you know we, we kind of follow because they're all doing it so we should do it and and that FOMO of missing out you know, fear of missing out I think is really dangerous with money. My, my view is if you don't know much about global markets you don't know much about shares or something like that don't try and pretend to be an expert where you now need to go and pick you know 20 of your, your new best friend shares because you know you're probably going to make some big mistakes rather than just go and buy a Global index, and just make a virtue out of the fact that you don't know what's going on, and and so if you buy the whole world stock market in one thing, in one global index, what, what you're getting is an incredibly low-cost investment that's hugely diversified, and you don't need to be an expert. All you need to do is keep adding money to it when you can, watch it grow, sit back, be patient, and watch everyone else stressing themselves to death about you know investment decisions that they actually don't know much about. You know, and I think that that's the key for me is you've got to stick to your area of competence if. You are, let's say, you know, someone who designs games, you know, and and you're a you know a gamer extraordinaire. Then, by all means, go into that you know side of the world and, and understand the businesses that you're investing in. That no problem. You know if you're a tech guru, if you're a pharmacist or you know a drug developer, and I'm t- talking about legal drugs, of course. Then go into the things that you know well. But if you're not. You know, be, be happy to be the person that doesn't know much but, but buys the index and enjoys the ride. La- the likelihood is the index beats 8 out of 10 um, investments all day, every day, anyway. It's been an amazing
2: year with fantastic guests from all over the world and important topics around investing and personal finance. Thank you for pressing play and supporting the podcast. A special thanks to Easy Equities and the team that makes this possible.
0: Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at EasyEquities.